Okay, everybody, uh, welcome to Dominic's Den. Today's guest is not only a showbiz icon, but he happens to be a very good friend of mine. 40 years acting experience includes amazing roles in hit shows and movies such as Happy Days, Night Shift, Arrested Development, The Waterboy, Children's Hospital, and The Hit Barry. Winner of two Daytime Emmy Awards, back-to-back Golden Globe Awards, a Critic Choice Awards, and a long overdue Primetime Emmy Award. He's also a best-selling author, and in 2011, Henry was appointed an honorary officer of the Order of the British Empire for services to children with special educational needs and dyslexia in the UK. He once said assumptions are the termites of relationships. Ladies and gentlemen, Henry Winkler. How you doing, Henry? I'm so happy to be here. How are you? And first of all, let me just say, we are friends. Uh, I love you. And it is so great to see you, not just on Twitter, but we're having a conversation. I know. I I, I feel like I haven't seen you in ages, but um, yeah. It's true. Yeah. You look great. Thank you. I, you know what? I look good in purple. <laughs> That's what it is. The purple brings out the glow in me. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, well, here's the thing. So we, we know, I, I, we know each other because we were, uh, we had Phil on the show, and right. and uh, we we hit on the Winklers a little bit, and yeah. Uh, so the the show was centered on on Henry Winkler and and and, and his family. And, and you the- played my son-in-law. Uh, and, and what happened was taken from real life. Uh, Rob, my son-in-law, has a company and they are in, uh, they're builders. They, they build homes. And uh, he had his new baby with my daughter, uh, Ace. And while their house was being uh, refurbished, they lived with us for a year and a half. And I'm telling you, it was magnificent. As a matter of fact, when they were about to move out into their new home, I was so angry and I tried to negotiate. Look, leave the child, come and visit, enjoy your house. <laughs> and then we, the, um, my son, Max, who was a director, and Rob, uh, who was an actor before a builder, came up with this idea. The Winkler. A very good builder. Yeah, very good builder. Very good builder. And so are you, as a matter of fact, which I just learned after all this time that you are indeed a carpenter. Um, I dabble. I'm not a, a professional carpenter, but I love it. Did you do a lot in the house you live in now? Yeah. Yeah, more than dabbling. But let, me, let me just tell you, um, I dabble in that I built a pair of bookends that look like Scotty's. <laughs> you know, like little dogs. You know, that's dabbling. Yeah, you know, well. building your own house is a little more than dabbling. But anyway, uh, Phil, uh, uh, the, the famous um, uh, Phil Rosenthal uh, directed us and we acted together. And you said to me, you know, I don't do a lot of comedy. And your timing was impeccable. Yeah, it, it, we had a great time. I learned a lot. I learned a lot from from you. I learned a lot from Judith Light. Um, and uh, what 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 we, we had that little mantra thing that we did at, at every rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just, it was a complete new experience for me. Um, and I, I, I remember just watching how calm you were during the rehearsal. You did, there's taking your work serious and, 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 but as serious as you were, you were still calm. And I was like, I, I, I was just nervous. The rehearsals, I was nervous. I just was nervous all the time. And the one time where that kind of just went away, and I don't know if you remember remember this, I, I, I mentioned it when I was talking to Phil, right. was we were doing one of right. the tapings for the live audience and I messed up and I apologized. And you came up to me right. and you said, you don't have to apologize, we'll just do it again. And it just went away. Then there was also the time at the table read where I told you, you know, we'll, we'll go into this with the dyslexia and um, reading out loud has always been a problem for me. Table reads get me nervous. And, uh, and that was another moment. That was one of, the, one of the many hurdles I had to get through right. when doing the Winklers. But listen, you know, I, I lived through... Um, before I even knew I had dyslexia, which I learned at 31, I had to go through reading at the table with all of the different situational comedies that I did, especially starting with Happy Days. And if you don't read the cue, which is the last line, the last word of your sentence, the next person's timing is thrown off. And I would make it up. I would throw people off their timing all the time because I could not read out loud. I, so I made up, um, you know, I try to compensate. So I'm right with you. I, I really understand the uh, terror. Terror. In 1999, Neil Simon, the most prolific playwright in the history of theater, more than Shakespeare said, why don't you read my play out loud with a bunch of other actors down at the theater here in LA, the Mark Taper Forum. And I just want to hear it. And that was version four. And I found 97 reasons why I shouldn't do it. Except for the fact you're asked by Neil Simon Pull your boots up by the bootstraps. Shut up and figure it out. Right. And from there, we did a version 11 on Broadway with John Ritter for nine months. Wow. But if I talk myself out of it because of my terror, I wouldn't have had that incredible experience. I would do table reads and I would have to memorize everything. Right. And play along before, oh, uh, before you even read it, so that, and then you would play along as if you're reading it, but you actually had memorized it. Acting, I was wow. acting on acting in 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 a in, in a table read, and uh, it just uh, it's just it was so much pressure for me. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. always reading out loud, even in school, uh, just, you know, just terrible memories, you know, and, and yeah, people, me too. People, people label you and, and, um, but you but, showed uh, Yeah. So, so what have you been up to? About five, six and a half. <laughs> I would have to So you stretched today. I got that half out yeah, this yeah. morning. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I shocked everybody by, uh, wow, you look taller today. I stretch. Yes. <laughs> um, what have I been doing? I, I'm writing. Uh, uh, Lynn, my, uh, my writing partner, and I are writing the third installment of Alien Superstar, Lights, Camera, Danger. An alien, 13 years old, has to leave his repressive planet goes to the only address he knows on the earth and lands on the back lot of Universal Studios. I mean, who's going to question a rocket on yeah. the back lot of a studio? And I don't know how this happens, but he gets a role on a situational comedy as the alien. They just happen to be casting an alien and he looks the part. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so we're, it's a trilogy, and we are now writing the third uh, installment. And I do voiceovers, you know, yeah. for um, uh, animated shows, which I love. And uh, my, oh, my grandchildren, they get to come on our front lawn and have a sports day or a dancing class or, you know, just running around and we sit there and wave and now we've got both our shots, but pretty soon we can hug again. Congratulations. Thank Good you. for you. You know, the first shot I got in my arm and the guy gave me the shot and I started to cry. I was so overwhelmed by gratitude that at least I'm on the road to maybe fending off this curse, this pandemic. It's 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 been a it's been a crazy year, you know. And um, but you know what is interesting? What is showing itself? Like uh, Flint, Michigan, poisoning the water. The power grid in Texas. You know, there's a famous lawyer in New York. His name is uh, Alan Grubb. And Alan is a very famous music lawyer. Uh, Madonna and um, Lady Gaga and, you know, on infinitum. Yeah. And he said to me once, he said, hey, it's not about the money. It's only about the money. And it's true. This country true. thinks about the wrong pee. They think profit instead of population. We somehow we got ourselves completely screwed up. When do you see things getting back to normal? Is this vaccine going to do that? Uh, the vaccine is going to start it. Okay. But the normal is going to happen when everybody calms down just a notch or two, and hears the other person you don't have to agree with the other person you just have to be open to hear the other person 
there was this incredible story last night on the news where 15 people from Kentucky took a bus and drove up to Massachusetts. And these conservatives from Kentucky hung out with these um, uh, Democrats from Massachusetts. They didn't always agree, but what they found was, wow, there is so much that we have in common. There's so much humanity that they now stay in touch via Zoom at least once a month. It's about communication. About communication. It is what keeps a marriage together. It's what keeps the world together, a country together. It, it, I, you know, I always have said that I think the center of a relationship between people is the ear, not the heart. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. What's going on with Barry? Maybe August, I have, believe it or not, I have a meeting with Bill Hader. I have not seen his face for over a year. And I said to him, uh, he checks in with me to make sure that I'm still healthy. <laughs> Every few months, he go, hey, how you doing? Still healthy? And I'm saying, let me just find my walker and uh, I can answer. <laughs> Um, uh, and I said, you know, I would love to have a conversation with you just about what is your vision of Gene Cousinow this year, now that I know that you've killed the love of my life. Yeah. So this afternoon, I'm going to find out uh, some facts. I've got my, wow. my yellow pad. I'm, I've got my pen. I'm taking notes. There you go. Well, I, ho I hope you get back to that pretty soon. I mean, you have the uh, the, the, the Wes Anderson movie coming out, The French, French Dispatch. Yes. Yes. It was amazing. So we ended Barry in, 19, in 2019. Yeah. Uh, when was like uh, November? I went to the um, SAG Awards. I took a picture of my wife with Brad Pitt and she had to change her panties. <laughs> and, um, and we got on a plane and flew to France, to Paris, got on a train and took it for three hours to the south of France, got off the train. Now we flew for 10 hours took a train for three hours, got off the train, dropped my bags, went to the costume department, and I, I'm so sorry, I forgot her name, but the, uh, the designer has designed, I think almost every one of, uh, of uh, Wes Anderson's movies, and I stood for, in the costume department for another two and a half hours where they try on every piece of cloth and then they build the suit to your body wow and i'm shooting the next day 
Well, it's all, it's all about the details. It's what's, what's, all about the details. You see, it, you, you see it in the films. Yeah. He, you learn the language of Wes. And if you don't learn to speak it, you go home. I mean, he is as gentle. Now, so you work all day. Everybody gets made up in the same room. It's like, like doing theater together. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, everybody is, um, is in the same room getting made up. Then you go to the set. There are vans. There are no trucks. There are no, um, there's no uh, dressing rooms. You're in uh, black velour hung from pipes and, and, and heaters to keep you warm because it was the dead of winter in the, in, in the south of France. You had a baguette with butter, uh, Swiss cheese and ham, and a cold thermos of soup for lunch. And then at night, you all took off your makeup together. You went to the hotel and his chef made everybody dinner. Wow. So we were all sitting at the same table, the, the dolly grip, and uh, the actors and the cameraman and everybody. It was. I I, I filmed in uh, in in France and it was a great experience for me. The the way they do things there, yeah. What project was that? It was a movie. It was a Luc Besson movie called The Family. Yeah. With uh, De Niro and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and. Yeah. We shot it in Normandy. Right. Which is completely the opposite. Yeah. Uh, the north of France, but right. uh, wow, it was a, it was a great great experience. Yeah, very delicious and a, a delicious experience. L lunch and dinner with Tommy Lee Jones, I think, every night. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Did he complete a sentence? <laughs> yeah, for the first five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. seems so taciturn that. Uh. He would just scare me. I, 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 I'm not kidding. I'd have to wear a diaper. He, uh, he, 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 um, uh, we were Jimmy, uh, one of the actors, Jimmy Palumbo, also a comedian. And, um, we were, we were these two FBI agents, uh, right. guarding Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. And, and so Jimmy always had these, these jokes, always joking around. And I, and I think we were, so we're eating dinner and, um, and this is all on Luc Besson's property. Yeah. He had a, a little restaurant. We, we, we had all the bungalows. That's where everybody stayed. It, I think 100 acres or something like that. Beautiful. And so we, we would wrap. It would be dinner time, these certain hours. We all go. Tommy Lee would come in. He would just make a beeline to our table. Sits down. I, I think he must have had like some sort of conversation. Uh, it didn't go too well. And he sits down and Jimmy just goes right on, just telling jokes. He goes, he goes, do you ever shut up, Yankee? <laughs> and <laughs> it's the first time I saw Jimmy Palumbo shut up. Yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, but he was great. He and he's one of the he's one of the smartest people I know. He's yeah. such a witty guy. Yeah. Uh, funny, yeah, and super talented. Oh my super god, super talented. 
just never. Yeah. I never saw him stumble a line. Yeah. So prepared. Um, and you know what is interesting? There are like um, uh, Spencer Tracy, uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Jack Nicholson, him. They never have a false beat. You never see them trying. You know, and that has been my dream since I started as a professional actor to now to get to a point where there was very little distance between my soul and the character. Right. It just seemed like I was living and you were experiencing uh, my life at the moment. Yeah, it brings uh, a truthfulness. Yes, a truthfulness. And yeah. maybe I'm getting closer now at 75. When, when, when did you know you wanted to be in show business? When I was seven. I say seven. I don't know exactly. I don't even, I don't know when it hit me. All I knew is if people were born to do something, I was born to try this. Right. I, I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. And you are, you know, we watched now because of the pandemic, I never have seen the entire, um, uh, the entire, uh, all the, the, uh, the episodes of The Wire. Mm-hmm. And then it was playing, uh, uh, you know, and then we, where were we going? We was, I went to the kitchen. That was it. Uh, and we got to see you um, grow on the wire. And then everything you do down to the Irishman from there to that, that guy under with the, with that cigar under all of that makeup, you made it seem like that guy was just a man walking around singing a song and living a life. Yeah, really. Yeah. I'm so proud that you're my friend. You're, you're so, um solid as a professional i feel the same way henry that's why every now and then if people don't know i'll i'll, I'll text henry and just uh advice yeah, yeah. we always have great conversations yeah we have um what was your 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 first experience in the business my first experience was um and mostly as extras and then uh, I had an under five, which means I had under five lines on As the World Turns. And at that time, <clears throat> before I ever left New York to come here uh, in, um, so it must have been 1971-ish, two-ish, uh, there were telegrams. And I was a, a telegram delivery guy with hair from my shoulders stuffed under the hat. Said, here's the telegram, Miss whoever. And that, and directed by Jeff Bleckner, who was a wonderful director, who was also from the Yale Drama School. Okay. You know, so I just remembered that. So that was really my first, and then, uh, commercials. I did a lot of commercials. So your, your training was at Yale? Yeah, I, uh, I was trained at Yale 
for three years. It took three years to get a master's degree. Then there were 25 actors that started, 11 finished, three were asked into the professional company. And I was making $173 a week. Oh my God. And we did a, we rehearsed a play in the afternoon and did a play at night. And then I left and went to New York and tried out for commercials. And everybody I went to Yale with said, I don't know how you can do commercials. They go against our aesthetic <laughs> grain. And the next question, what? How do you get them? <laughs> because I was earning a living. I was doing plays for free at the Manhattan Theater Club in New York City. Right. I, in, in the St. Clemens Church um, basement space because I was earning money. And then I earned enough money. I did the Lords of Flatbush. Uh, I heard that an actor was fired. And so I got my agent to get me in. And I met with the directors of the Lords of Flatbush. I improvised um, uh, all these scenes, found out that I was replacing Richard Gere it was the only time our um, uh, professional life ever intersected. Wow. And I worked with Sly Stallone. There were no dressing rooms, no trailers, no nothing. We had sound uh, blankets, you know, moving blankets to keep us warm. And Sly would stand on the street looking at the people watching us film. He would say, what are you looking at? I'm going to eat you for breakfast. I said, you know, you probably don't want to do that, Sly. He's probably chewy. <laughs> He's... What, 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 what year was uh, Lords of Flatbush? That's that before Rocky. Yeah. Oh, I'll, oh I'll tell you, that's a great story. So um, that's like 71-ish. Yeah, 72-ish. 76, uh, I think. 75, yeah. Yeah, right. So now I come out here, September 18th, 1973, I land in California. Within two weeks, I go and have an audition, and I have six lines, and it says, your character goes to the mirror and combs his hair. I said, you know, to the director, every actor who's ever played a part like this has combed their hair. I'm trying something different. I'm not going to comb my hair. <laughs> and the director says, it says, your character goes to the mirror, combs his hair. They wrote it, go and do it. I said, okay. So I walked to the mirror. I pulled the comb out and I went, hey, I don't have to. Look at that. <laughs> Which changed. It, it took find the character for the next 10 years. Oh my God, that's genius. That's okay. genius. So now I'm getting fan mail. And all of a sudden I get a call. Hey, Sly, I drove here. My car broke down on Sunset Boulevard. Don't you worry, Sly. I'm going to come and pick you up. Tell me what the cross street is. Okay, we rented an apartment on, on uh, Sierra Bovida. I said, okay. I went, I found him. I got he, I got 
his beautiful wife, his first wife, Sasha, and their bull mastiff. Bull mastiff was bigger than the mother car. Wow. I'm this was the and slobber. I'm telling you that it, it, it must have had a slobber pro, uh, factory in its body. Just remember thinking, oh my God, that animal is getting in my car and I've got to clean it. So I got all of his possessions, his beautiful wife, his dog, and took them to Sierra Bonita, whatever it was, took him to their apartment. And he said, I wrote his script. He gave me the script. Now, you know, underneath all of that bravado, Sly Stallone is incredibly smart and witty and um, just a, a, a sensational being. All right, and a little neurotic. So uh, he gives me the script. I take it to ABC. I sell it to ABC. They want to get a new writer because that's what Hollywood does. Got to get, got to put a new writer on it. He said, Henry, uh, don't let them, don't let them rewrite this. I go to ABC. I said, here, here's your money back. Thank you very much. I'll just, I'll take the script. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so sorry I bothered you. And I gave him back the script. A year later, Rocky. Rocky. And I, you, you have to you have to give uh, Sly a lot of credit because uh, he had many opportunities where he could have put money in his pocket and and just gave that movie away, and he stuck to his guns. He stuck to his guns, yeah. And now he owns a house with a a thousand rooms. And I'm happy for it. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a a, a a bad audition? Anything that that sticks out in your mind? I, um, I, a bad auditions, but at whatever I did, I got a script from a young writer who, who worked on family ties with, um, Michael J. Fox and he wrote his own, own script and he gave me the pilot and I read it and I laughed and I said, I can't do it. This is way out there. This is just too controversial. And he said, oh, oh, just read it again. I read it again. It's the funniest thing I've ever read. Uh, I, it terrifies me. I can't do it. It just is too controversial. Then I finally call him. I said, look, I, I have to do it. This is the greatest thing. I can't say no to this. And I played... He just passed away. Rush Limbaugh. Excuse me. Look at that. Even my body knew not to say a thing. Uh, Rush Limbaugh with a gay daughter. Mm. It was amazing. I, it, it was brilliantly written. So we sold it to NBC. And I guess somebody at GE read it and saw that it had, I had a gay daughter. And they said, you know what? Can I have the ticket back for the trip to New York for the upfronts when you meet all the advertisers? I don't think we can do it here. Jeff Katzenberg worked at Paramount at the time and said, we're going to sell it and sold it to Fox. Fox said, what a great script. 
let's take the gay daughter out. We'll put David Schwimmer in before Friends. He was studying to be a lawyer, and now he's going to be a chef. <laughs> a major disappointment to you. And I learned a big lesson. When you know something is right, and they try to bastardize it, go home. You're never going to make it right. Not with them. Now, but buddy, it, it just doesn't no. work. The original concept, the writer had a gay, a gay sister, and he wrote it in homage to her. And he wrote it with such teeth and with such comedy and with such biting reality. And then I had a son who was going to be a lawyer. And then they changed him into a chef. And it fell, it dripped like dust on the floor. Yeah. Um, that the transformation in uh, Happy Days, this, this tough yeah. Italian um, guy, how, how did that come about? Was that on the page or, or is that something you and Gary um, came up with? No, what happened was, and the same thing happened. So this is interesting. I got happy days. When I'm not interesting, raise your hand, you know, just so I can see, okay? He's talking to you, you guys. That? No, they're loving it. They're loving it. All right. Is there is there a, a woman in that group? Uh, no, she's upstairs. Fina, Fina's upstairs. She fed us. She, she made some fa pasta fazu for us. And uh, Oh, you know what Stacy said? My wife said? Yeah. That the only payment that I need for today is to you to send us some of your Sunday sauce. That's done. Done. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. When, you, when I see what you uh, show on Twitter... I want to dive into the screen and just like she, she, you know you know you know what 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 fina does is um when we make the sauce we usually make it in august after the harvest and we boil it right. and we boil with a lot of the acidity comes out of it and right. then we can it put a piece of basil some salt can it and then when she gets it and she puts it in, then she starts adding all her her spices and it's just Sunday when we have a Sunday dinner and she starts that thing is just simmering. You can you can smell yeah. it. You can smell it as soon as yeah. you walk in the door. It's amazing. But I'll I'll send it to you. Yeah. Um. So how 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 did the fonts come about? There were several things happened. One is, um, after several different directors, Jerry Paris, who played the next door neighbor on the Dick Van Dyke show was brought in as a director. And I think out of the 255 episodes that we made of Happy Days, he directed 230. It, he was unbelievable. And you could never, you could never dry up. You could never go, wow, I, I don't know what to do here. Jerry, I don't know what to do here. Come on, I'll show you. And he would solve it. Or you would call Gary Marshall to the set and his office was directly across the street on Paramount lot. 
And he would go, well, you know, you could do this, and then you could do that, and then 55 solutions fell right off the top of his head like a cascade. And then your problem was, they're all good. Which one do you choose? But they allowed me to ad-lib. They, and a lot of times, you know, when an actor thinks he's ad-libbing and he's so great at it, and you go back to the original text and then you realize, oh, that's what I should be doing. But they let me ad-lib and they started to write to me. And my, my, my incredible acting partners, Marion Ross, Oh my God, Tom Bosley, who I had seen in New York on Broadway yeah. before I got to Hollywood. Ron Howard, who never did anything live theater in front of an audience before in his life. He told me later he was petrified, took to it like a duck to water. And I had a relation like a, like a, like a, um, a thread connected to Ron and you can't make this stuff up. He would go where I go. I went where he went. It was shocking how fabulous was, 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 uh, Ron dabbling in, in directing at that point. Yes. He, he's been dabbling in directing since he was 16. His, his entire family was part of his directing life. His, his, his um, wife was the caterer and their stove was so small, she would make half the roast beef and then she would take it out, turn it around, make the other half of the roast beef. His mother was an actress. His father was an actress. Did I say his father was an actress? His father was an actor. Everybody was part of this. Everybody was part of the crew. And we stood backstage waiting to come on uh, in a scene. We made an entrance together. He said, you know, I'm thinking about really being a director. And I said, Ron, if you wanted to be a brain surgeon, I would be your first patient, whether I needed it or not. I just trusted him so much. He was just, and then he directed me in Night Shift, where, you know, which, which still holds. And he said, hey, you know, you could play either role. And I thought, well, I've just played a very flamboyant Fonz. I'm going to play Richie. Yeah. Great. And I chose Chuck. I love that movie. Yeah, I do too. And it, and yeah. it still is funny. It's, Night it, yeah. Still funny. It, it's, um, there, there was a point uh, in your career where you stopped, and then you—it's it, the '90s, and you come back, and it's—it, it, it, I see, we see you on the Waterboy. What, what, what was happening during that time? Right. Okay, I'll tell you exactly. Here's the sentence. Oh, Henry, he is so talented. We love Henry. Oh my God, he's funny. He's a, what a nice fellow, good guy, but he was the Fonz. 
before 10 years, eight years, nine years. Uh, that's the sentence that I heard. And that's when I produced um, sightings, uh, of all things paranormal and a MacGyver. I sold MacGyver. If I brought them a show that they liked, we would bypass all the steps and it would just go right to film. And the first show that I brought them with my then partner, John, uh, John Rich, was um, MacGyver, which stayed on the air for seven years. And now I just, before we um, uh, came on the air together on this Zoom, I just edited the new version of MacGyver with the, the showrunner, Monica, who runs the show. And um, I get to edit. And now we're in the fifth year yeah. of that, of MacGyver. I was lucky. I, I had fun. I had fun going and play with those guys. Yeah. 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 You were wonderful. And, and then you went on to um, Magnum P.I. Uh, you know, what did you, you became a regular? Uh, recurring. Uh, Nuzo, Nuzo, part of the uh, Nuzo was part of the mythology of 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 that uh, yeah that uh, series. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was great. You know, Peter Linkoff uh, gave me that opportunity along with yourself and uh, with yeah. MacGyver, and I I really enjoyed it. We enjoyed um, having you. It was you know you you when you when you get Dom, you you sleep well at night. <laughs> It's true. It's true. I'm sorry. That's that's just true. It's not because I I know you. I do want that sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so you you finally get the uh, the primetime Emmy for Barry, and uh, I had a smile from ear to ear when I saw that. I was yeah. Look at that man. Look at that. I tried wearing it around my neck. It just, it's a heavy yeah. piece of metal. And the other one, the other one at that table, I, I won for uh, the voice of this character on uh, Clifford the Puppy Years. I played his friend, the bird, who got him into trouble all the time. Well, you know, one, one, of the, one, of my, one of the producers of this podcast uh, is um, currently making an animated movie. Oh wow! What is it called? You hop on, Karen. Yeah, hop on. Yeah. There he is. Hi. Hey, Henry. How are you? I'm doing well. Tell him about Pierre the uh, the pigeon hawk. Uh, it's funny because it's you know it's called Pierre the pigeon hawk. A lot of different animals in the film, but one of them is a tough guy, bully pigeon from like you know the Bronx, Brooklyn, and uh, I got Dom playing him so looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah, he uh, it, it couldn't be oh, better. Oh uh, yeah, it's uh, we got Will I Am playing the lead and then we got Howie Mandel and Whoopi Goldberg. Great. A bunch of Keenan Thompson, Jennifer Hudson. Great. Uh, I did a, a show with him uh called Sit Down Shut Up. Oh yeah. He's got a he's got his new show that just came out. It premiered on Tuesday. Yes, yeah, so we, we watched it the other night. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Henry, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, I, I, I didn't. I didn't hear my name. <laughs> Why'd you bring me into this? <laughs> I would go back to the drawing board if I was there. 
He's also the animator? Uh, except the animation. Uh, but he created it. He raised the money for this thing. Wow. Uh, it's it's yeah. pretty remarkable. So, you know. He wrote it? He wrote it. He wrote it without me, yeah. Uh, how? <laughs> no, no, no. It's you all better right. get that pen back in your hand. Just ask me questions. Henry comes in, page 36. Okay? No, no, no. It's okay. It's all right. Make him a sparrow. <laughs> what are you watching these days? What, will you ask me a question? I'm sorry. What are you watching these days? Okay, what are we watching? Well, uh, let's see. You know, uh, my wife and I have watched uh, incredible, uh, you know, multi-series. Like, there is one from France uh, that is called Spiral. That is on uh, on uh, Epics, I think, on um, on uh, Amazon. Very good. Another one from England is called uh, Line of Duty. Oh my God! Can I put you on to something? Yeah. Have you watched Have you watched Gamora? Yes, we're watching the third year now. So I just finished it. It's I can't yeah. I can't wait for. Uh, I think it's uh, HBO Plus for them. They, they should. I don't, I don't know why they're not airing the fourth season, but uh, I'm, I'm waiting for that. I think that show is incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. Now, there's a, a, a point in the podcast where uh, I, I throw out these questions. I call it Dom's hot seat. Okay, so whatever, whatever, whatever just comes to your mind um okay. one of your biggest the first thing that comes to my mind is yes i will be in that animated oh there's no... <laughs> okay fine i'm sorry <laughs> you better do something i have work to do uh you got work to do okay uh one one of your biggest pet peeves one of my biggest oh my biggest pet peeve is disrespect i think um, I try very hard not to be disrespectful when uh, when someone is um, uh, disrespectful to me. Yeah. It, it 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 makes me crazy. You're up on a karaoke stage. What are you singing? Yes. I will never be on a karaoke stage. I don't have a question. I don't have an answer. But if I did. If I did, I would, you know, if, if there's such a thing as reincarnation, I'm coming back as the boss. Nice. Doesn't get better than that. So I would say, um, I would say, uh, you know, uh, something that, uh, that Bruce is singing. Name a movie that makes you cry. Oh my God. I cry at everything. I just. Uh, I, I just tweeted about a commercial I saw for the Montefiore Hospital, where the city becomes the orchestra. There are uh, people are playing all over the city. I, I just, I cry every time I see that. Um, the first time I cried in a movie, um, Rebel Without a Cause, when uh, Jimmy says to the cops, don't shoot, don't shoot. Uh, I've got the bullets, but they shoot Salminio anyway. I couldn't, I I cried like a baby. 
Um, if you could go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice, how old are you and what's that piece of advice? I am uh, from 27 down to birth. I would say, would you relax? Would you just calm down? It's going to be okay. Oh my God. I spent, I mourn the time that I spent in my life being so anxious when I didn't have to be. And I could, if I had all that time and it was in like a solid, it, I'm telling you, it would be Venezuela. It would be so big. Uh, it, it, uh, the more I list, you know, the more I talk to you and it's, it's so many similarities and I learn from you so much. I really do, Henry. Uh, you, you teach. You, yeah, because you, we're you all put up the all same. This, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but I've learned. I tell people this all the time. Um, in my in my own life, I'm 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 that guy. I'm I'm I get angry. I uh, I'm I'm constantly thinking. It 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 just it doesn't shut off. But right right. And yesterday was actually my first time back on set. I went back to work after a year. Yes. I was so nervous. What are you doing? Uh, I, I did a, a, an episode of uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay. Oh, wonderful. And, uh, and Henry, when I, when I went there, it all went away. Yeah. I was so, I, I, I forgot every problem that I had going on at home. Right. Uh, I just, therapeutic. It was a, it was like a safe place. Yeah. Safe place for me. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. Um, um, so no fly fishing. Yes. You know what? Two days ago, uh, after we got our second shot and, uh, I made a reservation in May in Idaho to go fishing with Stacy ah. for the first time in two years. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm happy you got your shot. Um, I'm oh happy you God. could step out of the house. But uh, uh, when, when are you going to be able to, uh, to hug those grandkids? Well, they say that, you know, you take two, two weeks and then I'll, I'll just hug them from behind. So um, that we're, we're careful and wear a mask. But, you know, right now, uh, when they come over on the front lawn, I touch them on top of their head and I push really hard. And then that's my hug. You know? Yeah. But I can't wait. Up them. Oh, my God. There's India and Lulu and Ace and Jules. I, fo I, fo I see them all the time on Instagram. I, fo I fo you know, I fo yeah, of oh, course, follow of course. Oh Zoe. yeah, Zoe's yeah. always always putting stuff up, and uh, Zoe is ruthless. Yeah. I never know when she shoots. Yeah, she 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 she's great though. She she puts up some really good content of the family and and um, and the yeah. kids. That that fight he has. Yeah, he still has the uh, the fiery red hair. They all yeah. have red hair. Unbelievable. Yeah. Which uh, comes from Stacy. You know from uh, yeah.
it's very powerful that red hair so any um you want to plug anything um buried no just if, if if anybody needs um a gift for a child from the uh fourth to seventh grade uh alien excuse me uh alien superstar will make them laugh it's an adventure uh it is um well you know my partner and i both work in hollywood and so uh, this little kid is a, a stranger in a strange land. And, you know, you learn about what the, the, the highs and the lows of working in Hollywood through the eyes of an alien uh, who, uh, in this book, is uh, the, the supreme leader comes down and wants to kidnap him and take him home. There you have it. And, and also uh, the French Dispatch. Uh, when it comes out, make sure you guys rent that. And um, Henry, thank you for uh, coming on here, blessing the show. Uh, it means it means the world to me. Yeah, but to me too. It, what a pleasure to chat with you and to see you. And you look great in purple. <laughs> <laughs>